Hello everybody, welcome, welcome to another week, another another episode of Not Rocket Science, the podcast that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and technology, and sometimes some other fun stuff. How you doing? This is Sean Cully, your host. Hope you guys are doing well. On this, I guess, Monday night, Tuesday morning, although that is a lie, because right now it is Sunday night. Yup, yup, need that extra night for post, and then release it Monday nights. Hope you guys are staying warm as the seasons be getting chilly. It is officially, officially, officially gross here in NYC, although we have not gotten any snowfall yet. But it's definitely cold enough to receive snowfall. Um, yeah, so miserable at this point. I like the warm weather. hate the cold, so I'm going to be shacked up indoors a lot doing things like this. <sighs> Great. Fantastic. Um, Today, today, what are we doing today? Today I'm going to talk about something that I see creeping up over and over again on repeat in my emails, just certain email lists I subscribe to, um, and what I do, which is UX design, because it has been what I do professionally, I guess you could say, Um, because it was kind of like a hot buzzword for a while, and like a lot of other uh, tech jobs, there's boot camps for it, Um, there's this theme that keeps bubbling up, and it's not just in design it's also in development you can find it in other product roles like being a product manager or even marketing roles like being a marketing manager um marketing director whatever is this whole idea of imposter syndrome particularly if you're somebody that made a sharp turn in their careers you know made a fast change you are kind of jumping into the waters um fresh without you know, years of experience, whatever, and what it eventually can psychologically do is kind of invoke these feelings of, you know, self-doubt, feeling inadequate about yourself or what you're doing, um, you know, having just basically bad morale and self-esteem when it comes to what you're doing at work. And uh, I wanted to set up this one today because on top of receiving a slew of like videos from marketing people I get in my inbox about it, I figured, you know, it's something very topical to me. It's something that I've definitely felt and still feel to this day. Um, and I think it's worth talking about because I, I think my take on this is a little different than a lot of the other takes I've heard. You know, all the other takes kind of have this self-help stance where it's like you're good enough and it's just like take all those bad things and flip them. You know, so instead of feeling inadequate about yourself, feel ambitious about what you need to learn and like all that stuff. 
I don't really play that game. Um, you know, the self-help things don't really work. Graphs, charts, keywords, flipping your mindset. Just it's all about changing your mindset. Like, I get what they're trying to do. I think it definitely probably works for some people. But with me, none of that stuff is really tangible enough. It's like, all right, I flipped my mindset. Now what? Like, it's not for me personally not really like a strategy that has any real long-term effects it's not it's not something that i can mentally kind of just hold for a very long time it's kind of like reading a self-help book where you know you read it you're like oh this is cool and then you kind of forget about it and then that stuff creeps back in um so for me i just kind of think about this stuff a little different from what i see elsewhere um one thing that everybody does talk about that I wanted to touch up upon, touch up upon, Jesus, touch upon before I dive into what I just mentioned, um, is another thing that really makes uh, imposter syndrome, these feelings of self-doubt when you're trying to do a career transition or learning a new skill or anything like that, particularly in a professional setting where you're making money for it, um, is the whole social media wave, uh, the fact that there's platforms now like GitHub, Dribble, etc., where you can, if you're creating things especially, like you can see what other people are doing and they're so good at this thing or that thing or, oh, I can never do that. Wow, that's amazing. I suck. Wow, I should just quit right now and work at Starbucks again. You know what I mean? Like that is unhealthy in general because it fits within that domain of social media where you're just comparing yourself to other people and then what this doesn't have at least that social media in general has is people you know lying with their fake influencer lifestyle where they're like looking at a waterfall with an odessa track in the background looking all inspired and shit to just make more videos of the same thing but at least all right that's not there when it comes to places like Dribble and GitHub, at least you don't have that. You don't have, you know, thirst traps in Bali looking at waterfalls. Uh, but, but you do have this very newish kind of phenomenon where you have where you're constantly just getting hit over the head with what other people are doing. Before we didn't have that in the '80s, graphic designers weren't, you know seeing what other graphic designers in Israel are putting out and, you know, having that invoke either positive or negative feelings about themselves and then becoming self-critical about it. This is a brand new thing for us. We don't even know the long-term health benefits or drawbacks psychologically. Um, so one thing is just use social media kind of like an encyclopedia like what i do you don't have to do this do whatever the hell you want but i'm just saying what works for me is i don't really spend any time really anymore on dribble unless i'm looking for an exact thing like an exact type of pattern and even then i tend to use pinterest more i don't know why just someone told me to do that and it made sense and there's a lot of examples on pinterest too so um just use it as a kind of like a resource to look something up and then also on Instagram, for example, like there's a lot of accounts that are kind of like helpful. They're like help accounts. They're not so much like here's a portfolio of things that I designed 
And this is mostly for design jobs, by the way. I don't know what the development or marketing or product equivalents are, but just going from what I do, you know, there's like UX article based accounts where it's people, you know, putting out like tip of the day and follow those accounts, make note of the tips they're sharing, but don't get caught in the noise of evaluating everybody's designs from all over the world. Or if you work in marketing, you know, following a million different people trying their a million different marketing hustles and getting, you know, lost in terms of figuring out what actually works from what doesn't. Cuz at the end of the day, it ain't helping nobody. You know what I mean? Anyway, all right. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. So I wrote down actually some things that I feel are important when it comes to this notion of imposter syndrome and how to deal with it psychologically so you're not, you know, beating yourself over the head over and over again every time you do something, uh, I guess, rookie-ish or amateur-ish and you feel bad about it. Like, to me, I just embrace it because it's true at first, you know what I mean? Like, if you are jumping in to a brand new role and doing a career transition and then you do a boot camp or whatever it is, for three months and then you spend another month working on your portfolio and then another month like doing the job hunt hustle whatever so you have five months sort of of experience but two of those months are just kind of more job hunting and portfolio building hate to say it but you're kind of an imposter i was an imposter if you did this you're an imposter but it's okay be an imposter for a while who cares who cares who cares? If a company expects you applying for this entry-level position as a junior developer, junior product designer, whatever it is, junior marketing analyst, let's just roll with junior product designer for a minute. You're applying for a role as a junior product designer, and if they're expecting you to be like God's gift to design for an entry-level salary, probably shouldn't work there. You know what I mean? They're probably uh, an irrational company. So a lot of this like fear and doubt, it's kind of self-imposed because they're not looking at you to become the next Don Norman on the fly in your first year, okay? So it's not a big deal. Just learn what you want to learn, learn what you need to learn more importantly, and, you know, be a little bit of an imposter. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? doesn't matter it's not that big you know what i mean like there are financial crooks stealing money quasi-legally quasi-illegally every day that don't give a damn and it's other people's money it's other people's money they're just stealing it getting their bonuses getting way overpaid for what they're doing not giving a crap about it Maybe they're not imposters, but they're, like, basically thieves. You know what I mean? Like, they're pretty much thieves. And they do not care at all. So why do you care about feeling like an imposter for a regular salary when you have all the right intentions to get better and work hard and actually be an asset for the company in, you know, an ethical way? Then why is there all of this self-analysis and criticism and... When it comes to self-authenticity, when you have other people not even creating anything, they're just doing the hedge fund hustle and, you know, stealing money without a care in the world. I don't, I, 
don't care. We need collectively as a community to have a little bit more of a crooked finance schmuck mindset when it comes to our careers. Point blank. It's that simple. And then just move on and get better. And that's it. And I think if you take that approach, it's also going to be a lot healthier in the long run than being that financial crook that's trying to get that, you know, million dollar salary or whatever because they're lonely on the inside and they want to be able to go to Hell's Kitchen and flex to get some Instagram trophy wife eventually that, uh, you know, eventually drives him crazy. So he's brown bagging, you know, his tall can beer on the train every night after they move to the suburbs once they start having kids and uh you know hating his life not being rich anymore and having to basically work at a job that is terrible to support his lifestyle that at the time he didn't know was terrible but now realizes is also terrible that's a real route one can take so maybe being a little bit of an imposter while learning web development or product design is the healthier choice Anyway, moving on to the next point. Another thing you can do if this thing's weighing on your conscience, if it's just in the back of your head keeping you up at night, you know, it's kind of like you feel like Harry Potter when Voldemort gets into his dreams and starts burning his scar up, if that's how this makes you feel. Another thing you can do is just talk openly about it. If you talk openly about it, which I do all the time, I've even done it on interviews, which probably isn't the best idea, but eh, whatever. Um, What ultimately happens is you just kind of just don't care as much. It doesn't become this big, big, big mental weight that you have to carry around to work every day, like a ball and chain and something that can keep you up at night and drive you nuts. If If you, you know, the more you talk, it's like anything else. It's like being, you know, having that thing... It's cooped up inside and it stresses you out more and more until eventually you break down and start crying and someone's like, what's wrong? And you, you know, tell them everything. Like, it's kind of the same thing. It's not as drastic as that. It's not as extreme as that, but it's cut from the same cloth and I don't think it has to be. I think if you have cool coworker friends that you feel comfortable with, this is totally, totally fair game to talk about. I mean, I even talk about it with my boss, and my boss even talks about it with me. That's how much, you know, of a persistent thing this is. That being said, maybe don't be like me and blah, blah, blah about it on an interview. Maybe, you know, pick your battles, pick who you talk to when it comes to this kind of thing, Um, or be an open book either way. But, you know, put some thought into that is all I'm saying. But I definitely encourage talking to other people about it. It's not that taboo. It's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. Anyone that would judge you based on you talking about that and sharing something like that with them probably suck. Probably don't want to work with them or for them. So just saying. Or maybe they're really good and you get a lot out of working with them, but they'd be a pain in the ass. So do you want to, you know, deal with that or not? It's up to you. But the point of all this is is to just don't self-sabotage yourself. Self, Don't self-sabotage yourself. That's probably not the best way to say that. But, you know, don't beat yourself up over this stuff and keep everything internal. That's how stress happens. That's how 
uh, fatigue happens, and that's how a lot of bad things that can have real uh, effects on your physical health even can happen. And none of this is worth that. It really isn't. It really having some insecurities about not being the best web developer, or product designer, whatever marketing director. It it's not that big of a deal. Again, it really isn't. Most people still don't know what UX means or what an API is or what a product manager does or what a marketing campaign even means or what Google Analytics actually looks like. You know what I mean? All this stuff is fairly esoteric, so if you have a baseline understanding of this stuff, you're ahead of most people in general. So we're talking about small subcultures when it comes to all of this um, on a practitioner-based level. People know some of it. People read TechCrunch. You know, there's the technology section of the newspaper, but when it comes to the practical level of things, it's a pretty small sliver of people compared to the entire world. So just throwing that out there. So the next thing that I wrote down is a little more of an obvious one, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. It's if you have this, you know, wave of imposter syndrome keeping you up at night and just eating you up psychologically to me what i think is important is to kind of figure out from a real like disciplined orderly standpoint in order what are the things that make you feel most like an imposter an imposter within the discipline you work in you could say all of it but even if it's all of it there has to be some kind of order right I can only speak again on experience, so I'm going to use design as the example again, but this is true for product, development, marketing, pretty much anything, really. But, um, for example, with me, it was understanding the visual component of design was the thing that freaked me out the most at first because you think of, like, people in design school, you know, a bunch of people with Warby Parker glasses on, critiquing some peace and breaking down all these fine minute details with weird terminology that you don't even understand unless you went to design school like you have all those thoughts creeping into your brain so it was that stuff that really at first triggered the imposter syndrome with me just like layout composition all that color theory usage all that stuff um so what i did was i found on youtube hello uh, design experts talking about the most important parts of design and just various accounts. The future is a really good one. Um, F-U-T-U-R, no E at the end on YouTube. Check it out. And basically what I learned in my kind of discovery of all this is that the most important foundation of all design is typography. That is key on having an understanding of typography, knowing how to use it, knowing how certain typefaces work together or what don't work together and why and then the scale and sizing all that all that good stuff so i took a lot of time learning typography i don't think i'm like a master at it now by any stretch but i understand the foundation foundational principles at this point um i feel fairly comfortable with that and 
that goes a long way. You know, that's just one thing you can cross off the list of things you need to learn. But, you know, it's get the biggest wins first out of the way. The things that you feel maybe with your experience, if you went to a boot camp or whatever it is, the thing that you feel most underserved in, the thing maybe the boot camp talked about the least but you feel internally is the most important you know try to figure out what those things are and on the side besides work spend extra time learning those and that'll help kind of chip away a little uh, at the imposter syndrome stuff on top of your you know your real life work experience once you nail down that first job and so yeah i really think you know writing down a list of all the things you feel the least experienced in in terms of skill sets within the industry you work in is a really good exercise and then chipping away at those as much as you can on the side i think is a good practice in general you know it betters you as a developer as a designer whatever as a person even but it also helps with chipping away a little at that imposter syndrome thing that just bites at you in the middle of the night um all right and that brings me to the last point, because I wanted to keep this pretty short. I didn't want to make this one of these marathon podcasts where blah, 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 for 45 minutes. Um, it's just perspective, right? Again, I'm going to talk about design, but this is 100% true with development. Like, even if you were to have 20 years experience in product design, you really don't know crap as far as everything you could know because the field is so vast and there's so many different disciplines, so many different specialties within the overarching industry and skill set that it's a never-ending chase. It's a never-ending pursuit of knowledge. Therefore, this idea that you don't know enough for whatever bs job with a bunch of qualifications on the description that some hr person just copy and pasted that don't even really make sense like to try to fulfill all that it's ridiculous because it's hard to ever fulfill all of it you know what i mean you can be 30 years experience and you only know a portion of everything that you could know because again like i always use mixed martial arts as an analogy to this stuff it's like you can spend your whole life just learning jujitsu, and by the time you're eighty something years old, you haven't learned everything in jujitsu, let alone all the other martial arts disciplines like Muay Thai, like judo, like wrestling, like boxing, like kickboxing, like taekwondo, like karate, etc. Just a, being a lifelong jujitsu practitioner isn't going to teach you everything about jujitsu, and development or design—it's the same thing. You can learn. You spend your entire life just on typography and design. Forget user research, forget UI design, forget the design process, forget the tools, forget all that. Forget front-end development and the different platform. Forget it all. You still will not learn everything about typography. Probably not even close. It's an infinite amount of knowledge at this point. So whether you know this small percentage versus the small percentage you'll know 20 years from now, it doesn't really matter. Just go at your own pace, do the best you can, and kind of like figure out a plan of action for yourself as you get more and more experienced on what makes sense for you to learn. And that might be another shift out of what you're learning now. 
who knows? But do you. Don't do what everyone else is telling you to do. And that sounds very cliche, but it's 100% true because getting caught in the BS of knowledge being shared back and forth this day and age on the gram, on the Twitter, etc., maybe soon on the TikTok for all we know, um, it's just going to make you feeling like you're constantly drowning. You know what I mean? And that all of that... Uh, encourages this imposter syndrome thing that we are discussing so yeah those are my main points when it comes to this let me know if you have any others or if i missed something or if i was very insensitive whatevs you can hit us up at nrs underscore show on twitter or insta like i just mentioned jesus hypocritical much um or you can email us i like email old school at not rocket science show at gmail.com Also, if possible, please leave a review at the App Store. Those help big time with all them algorithms and such. So that being said, have a good one, guys. Thanks so much. And as always, peace.